to our um, Facebook family, thank you for being with us today. I know we have one of our friends, Chuck, down in Florida, Washington today, and maybe some more too. Somebody else, maybe in Alabama, I'm not sure. Um, it's good to have you with us today. It's kind of a chilly day, but it's a beautiful day here in Rockford on the 18th of February, 2024. Um, we're talking today about God's amazing love for us. So I want you people out here in the congregation to think about a time in your life when you just you experience God's love. You experienced God's forgiveness and his love in your life, and you just, you just knew it was the Lord. Somebody else might say, well, maybe it wasn't, but you know it was. So think about, we're going to have a little testimony time a little bit later on. So um, hope to have you share a little bit later on in the service. I want to say, you know, I, I love our worship band. Uh, for I love uh, Mike and Matt. Now we have Katie with us, our daughter Katie, Katie Matthews. Patrick Schultz, Patty, with us today. Sometimes we have uh, Abby. Um, Mike's wife with us today. You know, those songs, I, I sing them all week long. I find myself singing these songs over and over again throughout the week. It's kind of cool when I hear these. And then I watch it again maybe later on. And I, uh, these songs are so meaningful. And uh, so I'm so grateful to these guys. I'm, I probably should just say it more often, but I was saying it today, how much I love you guys and appreciate you for all you do. So let's open up with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day we have, this beautiful, sunshiny day. Lord, it's a little chilly outside, but it's warm here inside and we uh the love we have for you and we love we have for each other here at this church we're grateful lord and i pray for all the churches out there that are preaching the gospel throughout the world today that you bless each one of those churches as well we thank you for this time together today you are a special guest lord we want to tell you how much we love you how grateful we are for all of your blessings and all your forgiveness and all your acceptance and allowing us to be a part of your family and we're we're really overwhelmed by your blood, all how you've blessed us in our life. And I pray that that will come through today in the message, in the songs, in the testimonies. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for those words. I appreciate that encouragement. You guys want to stand and sing with us? That the highest would welcome me. I was lost, but he brought me. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Through the sunset's free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of Yes, I am. Free last, he has ransomed. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Oh, the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, 
There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Let's sing that out one more time. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Brokenness, 
sovereign over every step Even in the fire I'm alive, I'm alive in you I'm alive in you It's the longer I live The Christ who lives within me Christ who lives within me From beginning to the end You deserve the glory You deserve the glory It's no longer I who live But Christ who lives within me Christ who lives within me voice for you guys today. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. 
Awesome. Ah, so thanks, Chuck. Thanks for, for saying all the hats for the homeless. These are really nice. These are really nice hats. Too bad they're spoken for. I might take one. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, if you'd like to, to bring um, clothes for the homeless, I know um, sometimes Costco's got really good deals. Shout out Costco. Alex is the manager there. And uh, Raphael was also telling me about. It. He's like, you gotta get, you gotta hit Costco when they get those clearance deals on the, 
on the coats and on the blankets. And so you got to be looking out for that. So that'd be cool. Um, but, yeah, if you have anything to donate, anything that you have lying around you don't need, please bring that, those in. Or if you could buy some toiletries. Um, people always need toiletries. Uh, sometimes you can't afford toiletries if you're down on your luck and you're not doing too well. Um, so that's who we're trying to support. Um, we've all we've all had tough times. We've all had tight times. We've had to tighten our belts, and um, we're trying to help people who are in that situation. Hopefully, they won't always be in that situation, or we'll get out of that situation soon. So that's next Saturday. From what time to what time? Okay. So if you would like to, if you'd like to go and volunteer, let Jeff know, and we have to, we have to. Um, Go through like a little screening process. I'm sure all of you guys would pass, but um, we just gotta gotta make sure that we know who's showing up. So, okay. So if there's anything you want to donate or you you need picked up, um, let let Pastor Jeff know and he can he can swing by. Just give him a call or text him, and he'll swing by and pick it up. So that'd be great um, if you could either help or show up or both. Um, and if not, that's okay too. That's okay too. So we are talking about God's love, and what's the official title of the sermon today, Pastor Jeff? Put you on the spot. Sorry, the power of God's love. So I'm going to be talking about asking you guys in a minute. What's the time that you felt God's love in a very tangible way? Could be anyway, um, through somebody else or through a personal experience through the Holy Spirit, through a worship song, something like that. I, we want to hear uh, from you guys. And um, also, I, I, I wanted to mention that we do have um, Christian books on the other side there. Those are free. We have a table over here with um, daily breads, which are devotional. We have New Testaments. All that stuff is free to take. We have newsletters. Please take all that stuff. Um, and we have an offering box over here if you would like to give to the, the church and Give your tithes and offerings. There's an offering box over there, and we also use an app called Tithely. It's on Apple Store and, and Android. It's spelled T-I-T-H-E-L-Y, and just search for Northridge Community Church, Rockford, Illinois, and you can give that way as well. If you're a cashless boy like myself. So, <coughs> yeah, we're talking about God's love, and do we have a microphone to pass around if, if people would like to talk? Okay. So... Anybody want to start it off? Obviously, I can. All right. Yeah, time that you felt God's love in a personal way. Um, there's lots of times that I've felt God's love in a personal way. Um, I'll tell I'll tell like a little story while while people are are thinking. Um, <clears throat> I do these things sometimes during my lunch break called I just, they're prayer walks. I go on a walk and I pray. Uh, it's not a super holy thing to do. It's not. Sometimes I think like, well, me doing that, like in talking about that in church, doesn't make me sound like holier than thou or something like that. I don't think so because I need it. I'm praying because I need help. And um, a lot of times I pray. I you know thoughts come up and memories come up, and I like to I like to pray through those things. And uh, one day I was I was by myself, and I'm walking around this like um, Korean War Memorial on like Riverside. And there's nobody there, so I'm just by myself, and I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about things, I'm just praying about whatever comes in my head, and I'm, and I was thinking about when I was like, 
fourth grade and fifth grade were really, really difficult years for me. We had moved to Chicago. I had zero friends at school. I was like the lowest on the absolute lowest in the food chain. Things did get better in middle school. And I got found my people and everything, but I didn't have any friends. It was very depressing. Um, my parents were literally at one point in fourth grade calling all the kids in the class list to see if any of them would play with me, which is does does wonders for your social credit school. And um, and it was just it was just depressing. I hated going to school. I would try to fake sick all the time because I I was so it was such a miserable experience. And and I was thinking about I was thinking about that the other day was, as I was walking and I was like, Lord, you know, the, the most of my life seems to be very blessed. You know, like I had a great time in middle school, a great time in high school, a great time in college. Um, I can see your hand, but where were you then? Like those two years were terrible. And so I was like, can you please just bring to mind where you were? Because I felt like you weren't there. And he, he started bringing things to mind. Um, he started bringing to mind my friends at church. I had really good friends at church. And I was like, yeah, thank you for them. That was really nice. They were, you know, Ben and uh, Brad Caspar. They were friends of mine. They were great friends. And some on Fridays, sometimes my mom would have a Bible study with their mom, and, and we would go over and play, and that was really cool. So I saw a God in that. Um, every Friday, we had a tradition at our house. Um, my dad called it P-Day. Friday was P-Day. Can't take the youth pastor out of out of the man. Take you can take him out of the youth pastor job, but he's still a youth pastor at heart. So P day is things that start with P. So we start the day with pop tarts. My mom will give us one half of one pack. We would <laughs> have pizza for dinner, pop. We were allowed to have pop. We weren't allowed to have pop throughout the week. We were allowed to have pop on Fridays, Friday nights, and popcorn. And so it was P day. So and that was cool. And we'd all sit, sit around and we would eat pizza and we would uh, watch TGI. Remember TGI Friday, TGIF? Not TGI Friday, it's not the restaurant. Remember like um, Full House, Family Matters? Do you guys ever watch those shows? Dinosaurs, yeah. It was a little crass for my mom to let us watch. What? Boy Meets World later on. Yeah. Um, anyways, it was a really fun time. And so I had those, and I'm like, oh, yeah, God, you were there. You were there. I had some really bad things, but underneath it all, there were good things. The Bible says that every good gift comes from above. And so that means that any good thing that you experience, that comes from God. And so this is like a rabbit trail, but, you know, people say like, oh, we're going to be partying in hell. It's like, no, hell is the absence of anything good. Anything that that even if you're like a partier to, on today's place and you are a rebel against God, you still experience God's grace. You still experience good things, but that's only because of God's grace. That does not exist in hell. Um, anyways, that's a rabbit trail. But anybody here, what, what's what's something? What's the time you experienced God's love where you can look back and you're like, that was definitely God's love in my life? Anyone? Don? I know it's hard to believe, but when I mess something up, and I do that quite often, unfortunately, I I have this feeling I know I shouldn't have done it. And then I have this, well, I wish I hadn't have done it. And then God comes through and he says, son, I know you're going to mess things up. Just don't continue to do it. I forgive you. You're still my son and I still love you. And that is probably one of the things that get me through every day because every day I have a tendency not to do everything I should. Yeah. No, that's, that's really powerful. I mean, that's probably the most... Um, 
important way that we feel God's love is forgiveness. Um, there's been so many times where I thought, man, I, don't, I do not deserve to be forgiven. And, and I'm going to go to God, and I'm going to ask him for forgiveness, but he might not give it to me. And every time I feel the Lord's forgiveness, he will forgive you for anything. I lived very selfishly for years, where I didn't hardly have a relationship with God at all. And when I came back to him, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I understand if you don't forgive me. And, and he had open arms. He's our, he's our father. He's like, like the prodigal son. I'm sure you're going to talk about that later, so I don't want to yeah. go too much into that. But, I mean, if, my, if one of my daughters ran off and lived a crazy life and came back and said, will you forgive me? I'd say, yeah, 100%. That's not a question in my mind whether or not I forgive my kids. Yeah. And God's the same way, times a million. So anybody else? Anybody else have a story of God's love? Experiencing God's love in a certain Joe. kind of way. Joe. Joe. And Norris. I, I got one that's been going on. It's, it's been entering my mind for quite a while that I've been thinking about this. I was probably about three or four years old. My mom was on my case about stay away from the water, stay away from this, stay away from that. And of course, you know, I didn't listen. So it was a real windy day. We were living on the Fox River. I walked on the pier. Well, I couldn't get back off the pier because there was a mean dog that wouldn't let me back out. So I jumped in one of the boats that was on the river that was tied up, and I couldn't get off because it was just the wind was beating the boat up. And I didn't think about it then, but I remember my dad came and she caught the boat just in time because the rope was ready to break. Whoa. So years later, I think about that episode, and I'm like, wow, that was, that, that was God right there. Yeah. People say that miracles don't exist anymore. They stopped in Jesus' time. And I and I don't know why, but that's been entering my head a lot lately. And wow. uh, that that episode. So that's it's, crazy. That's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. And God knew. Yeah. He knew. And I obviously, with all my dumbness, you know, I'm still rolling. <laughs> Glad you're rolling still. And uh, Nora, did you have something you wanted? Oh, you're pointing to Joe. You're making him go, even though he didn't want to. Okay. All right. Anybody else have a story of? Katie. Oh, Katie. Okay, and then we'll get Clyde. Sorry, Clyde, you're in my blind spot. So, oh, yeah. when I first started my salon <clears throat> in our basement, it was pretty ugly. And I was pregnant oh, with Scarlett, and Matt decided, I don't know, somehow Matt and the youth group decided they wanted to paint my salon like a light blue instead of brown wood walls with, like, pheasants in the knots of the wood and stuff like that. Like, it was really ugly. Anyway, so um, they just volunteered. Him and the youth group came over and painted. And I was like, what? I didn't even, like, ask for any help. I was just going to do it myself. So they did that. So that was kind of cool. Obviously cool. And then um, later on, who knows how many years later, like a year or two later, then Jeremy and Olivia were like, God told us to, you know, give our tithes and offering to your salon this month. And they did some crazy stuff. I mean, Thank you guys if you're listening, but they like bought artwork for my salon. Like my all of my artwork for my salon is from them. My couches, they helped me rip up all the carpet in my entire salon. They helped me put new flooring down and like paint the walls and like do all this stuff. It's just crazy. And that was all with their own money. So like pretty much my salon is like from them and from being painted from you guys. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, dang, that's so crazy. Cause I didn't ask for help. Yeah. And they all said God told them to do it or something like that. So wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy and Olivia have been very generous. That was God's way of loving me. Clyde? Clyde? Oh, we'll get the mic over to you. Hold on. You're actually pretty close to the camera. You could probably just talk. Uh, for me, 
probably the biggest sign of God's love has been uh, when Lou was sick for so many years. Uh, it just wears you down uh, month after month after month. And he just kept sustaining me. Uh, you know, so much of that uh, looked like the light at the end of the tunnel was an oncoming train, but uh, God was there, uh, just kept uh, lifting me up, and the church lifted me up. Uh, I knew that uh, that he would get me through. It's so nice looking back on what God has done. A lot of times we're in the moment. We're, not, we're, we're praying for stuff, and we're not seeing the answer to prayer. We don't know what it's going to be. And, we, of course, it makes it worse that we're, we have these, these things, you know, and we're always getting instant gratification, getting these dopamine hits, and we want answers now. But God doesn't work like that most of the time. Sometimes he does. But most of the time, God... God's like a painter. He's painting this this beautiful um, painting of our in our lives, and up close it looks like it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, I don't know if this painter is really that good. And then you take a step back when it's finished, and you're like, Oh, you did that because of this, and that because of this, yeah. and and you're and it makes sense. And so that's really cool. It's really cool to see God working in our lives and answering our prayers and being a good father, or you know, God's not, God's genderless. You know, we, we, we call, call him father, but, you know, when I, I see God in the love of my mother as well, you know, the love of my actual mother. I'm not talking about Mother Earth, although we can go there if you want to. Um, but it's just, it's just so cool to be reminded of, of, of God's love for us. So we are, uh, I think we should maybe stop it there. Because yeah. you're going to be talking talking more, and yeah. and uh, we might uh, want to hear some more examples from you guys later after the sermon, if or during the sermon, if yeah. if Jeff yeah. feels yeah. like he wants to go there. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for for your examples. It's so cool to hear uh, God's love working in, hey, in your life. Before you go, just to explain just quickly how chil how children's church goes, because Matt and Patty do children's church on Sundays and do a, devo a devotional for the kids. What do you think? Yeah, so if you don't know, after, after like, announcements and fresh bread, I always grab my bag and, and go upstairs to do a children's message. I'm not, I'm not just, like, bouncing. I'm not leaving. Um, so we go upstairs, and I, I take the big kids, which are the little kids, and, and uh, Patty takes the young adults, which are the big kids. But we, we use – we give them a title so that they feel good about. And um, – so with with the little kids, most of the time was we're walking through, we're walking through the Old Testament right now. And we, we do a, a video story, and then I read us I read the same story, kind of talk we talk about a little bit. And then we have a coloring sheet for them to do, and so that's been really fun. And then Patty has been working with the big kids, and he gets a lot deeper with them. Um, we have some really smart young adults, we'll call them, and and they love being challenged, and they love doing stuff for the Lord, and uh, Patty's doing a great job. He really is doing a really good job with the kids, and they, I, I can really see in, in my daughter Leah that she's being challenged, and she's growing, and she's reading the Bible more, and stuff like that, so it's it's really cool to see. So that's what, where we go after 
this portion and why well, I usually don't see us for the rest of the service, but oh, we're still here. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. So I'm going to continue on the same vein as Matt was talking about with um, experiencing God's love. Because this is Valentine's Day week, you know, this, this week, I mean this month, and so I decided to go with the theme of love to tie in with that. And um, so if, if you have any, anybody, we're a really laid-back church, so if you want to raise your hand and say something, uh, then, then I figure that's God working in you. And so if you want to share a story later on, just kind of put your hand up. I might wait a minute or two while I'm talking. But I'll get to you if you want to share a story about God's love in your life. Um, we, were went, we went down to uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama to be with our friends Arnie and Casey Bergs. Thank you guys for your generosity. It was a really good time. It's a long drive, though. So we drove the first day uh, past Nashville, which was kind of a nightmare. We got stuck in Clarksville for an hour with, with uh, road construction. And uh, we got down to Columbia, um, Missouri, I mean, Columbia, Tennessee, and then we went on, I think, to, I can't remember the next main town, but my, I realized my cousin lives there, my cousin Diane, and she and Don, Diane and Don have been living there for like 20-some years. This is like way out there, okay, on the, kind of on the border of the, uh, the Smokies, and uh, we had a great time, about three hours with them, and I'm really glad we did it. Diane was uh, instrumental in my life because um, most of you know this story, and I'm not going to bore you with it, but... But, uh, but my birth mother didn't want me, so I, I, my dad had to divorce her when I was about four years old. Now, that was very unusual back in uh, 1957, and he got full custody of me because she was abusive. And, but my cousin Diane and my cousin Roberta would come over every Friday, every Saturday, to give me a bath. But the real reason they came over was to make sure I wasn't bruised or abused by my birth mother. They, they were doing that. They were like my guardian angels. And they would check out to make sure I was okay. That's why they did it. And then my birth mother would go off and do her things for the, the night. But I was, they were there to help me out. And she just told me you know, how much they appreciate. I told her how much I loved her and appreciate all they did for me during those times. And then I was raised then by my, my Aunt Margie and Uncle Lawrence during the week and my Aunt Marcella and Uncle Hillary on the weekends for a whole year. So when I was from, four to, from three to four, I was raised by my aunts and uncles. And my dad, of course, was there whenever he could be there. But he was also out in California paying off bills because he had a, a business that he owed to my, his, his, his father-in-law, and he had to pay off his debt to him. So he spent time in California during that time paying off his debt to him. So it was a strange time in my life, but God always took care of me. Um, I would literally get up, I'm not joking, you know, and get up in the morning uh, at three years old, and uh, two and a half to three years old, get my clothes on, go to the restaurant, I'd walk to the restaurant, get my breakfast, get on the bus, go downtown Burlington, which is about the size of Janesville, and I would and I'd do the uh, repeat, I'd re you know, every every day pretty much so, and but God always protected me. I was always protected by God. I always knew God's protection. I say I prayed to receive Christ when I was about eight or nine years old, but I'm sure I was a Christian way earlier than that, probably about three or four. I was in church all the time in a Nazarene church, a Baptist church, probably two or three times a week I was at church. Uh, so, I mean, I felt God's presence in my whole life, but I never was afraid. I never was afraid at all because I knew God would take care of me. He told me in some way, I can't explain it, that I was okay, and he'd protect me with his angels, with his Holy Spirit. True story. I'm not exaggerating a bit. Um, 
But throughout my life, God's done the same thing. I mean, I've hardly ever not had a job since I was like um, 14 or 15 years old. I've, I've always seemed to have a job. I've always I thought God gave me a wonderful wife, Anne, and three wonderful children, and Matt and Katie and Mike. And then we have Nora, we have Alex, and we have Abby now too as our, as our as, uh, children as well. And then we have eight grandchildren. God's just provided in so many ways. I'm very blessed, and I'm very humbled. So I was looking at these memes. You know how you get on Facebook and they have uh, YouTube and they have these little, they call them shorts, you know? So I was looking at two shorts yesterday. I don't want to forget them. First one was a guy, I don't know his name, he said, I don't know the guy, but he's a pastor, and he said, I never really understood God's love until I had children. You know, when I had kids on my own, I, under, I finally understood unconditional love. I understood because these kids don't do anything to deserve my love, they're just my kids. I love them because they're my kids. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In, in modern language, that's God loves us so much. Did he have his son die for us and rise from the grave so that we could have eternal life? That's how much God loves you. That's what that means, for God so loves the world. God loves you so much. I love our kids. I would do anything for our kids, anything for my wife, obviously, my grandkids, you know, I, because they're my family. We're God's family. We're his kids. We are his kids. And he loves us. He provides for us. The other one was a, a meme by uh, Louis, Louis Giglio. He's down in Atlanta, Georgia. Louis's a worship leader. He was at uh, Andy Stanley's church, I think he was, and, and he's gone on his own from different ministries. But he said, you know what? You know how much God loves you? You know how much God loves you? He said, I don't recommend this. But go out and blow up your life. In other words, screw up royally. Go out and totally blow your life. And then come back to God. He said, don't, I don't recommend that. But if you did it, God would take you back 100%. The prodigal son, the, the lost son. We're going to read about that in Luke chapter 15. I mean, the guy totally screwed up. He goes and asks his dad, audacity, the guy's very wealthy. He said, Dad, I want my part of the inheritance. You don't do that when you're 22 years old or whatever he is. I want my inheritance now. I'm talking, and this could have been like the equivalent today of probably a couple million dollars. And he blew it on women and, and probably drugs and alcohol for sure. He was so bad off, he's in the field feeding the pigs. Now, this is a Jewish kid feeding pigs. You see that? Irony there, and you know, because they can't eat. You know, Jew, Jewish people are not supposed to eat pigs. Okay, they're an unclean animal to them, and so he's eating the pea pods that the pigs eat. There's a lot of irony, a lot of humor in the Bible, and and he goes, you know what? What am I doing here? My dad's servants eat eat a good meal three times a day, and I'm eating pea pods from pigs. So he said, I don't deserve to be my father's, and this is the key, he said, I don't deserve to be my father's son anymore, but I, I can maybe work for him. So he goes, he goes, and he comes back, and he says, I hope my dad will even look at him. Maybe he'll shoo me off or, or even shoot me or something like that. He didn't know it was going to happen. And his dad saw him. He'd been waiting for him. He ran out there and kissed him and gave him a ring 
and put clothes on him and had a party for him. His other brother wasn't too happy because he had always been there helping his dad all the time. He goes, wait, really? You're helping this scrub? He said, hey, he was dead and now he's alive. He's dead and now he's alive. I will get you, you want a party? I'll give you all the parties you want. You want a big fatty calf too? I'll give you all the, he did, I'm, I'm adding on to this a little bit. But he said, if I'll give you that anytime you want to. But I'm, he's, he was dead and now he's alive. And I'm bringing it back in. That's how much God loves us. So his, Louis Giggler said, Louis Giggler's point was, if you blew up your life and totally messed it up, totally messed it up, and came back to God and asked forgiveness, he would gladly forgive you and bring you back. Now, here's the main point of the whole thing. But I, don't, I, I better go through my points here because I'm kind of jumping around a little bit. Number okay, the power of God's love does many great and amazing things. So number one, God's love can transform your life from an attitude of bondage, bitterness, and anger to an attitude of freedom, love, and joy. That's what God can do for you. Literally, totally transform you. I look into, I walked at another short this morning. I wasn't planning on it. I saw Jim Carrey. <coughs> you know, Jim Carrey, you know, done all the crazy stuff. He's a Christian now. Jim Carrey's a Christian now. He's talking to people about how, you know, you have tough times in life. And you have a choice of being bitter. Or you have a choice of asking for God's grace and forgiveness. You know Eminem? The rapper. He's now a believer. Mark Wahlberg is now a believer. I met Alex Cooper at Temple Baptist Church. He's a strong believer. These are people that if you said 30, 40 years ago, they're a Christian, they go, yeah, yeah, give me a break. Yeah, they are. They found the Lord. There's a lot of people out there that are finding the Lord. More than you, you don't want to hear about this in the press. They're not going to tell you this stuff. They don't want you to know there's a revival going on in our world. People coming to know Christ. Even people that don't believe like us are having are visited by dreams and the Holy Spirit directly, and they're coming to know Christ. They, people don't want you to know how many people are coming to know Christ because they realize that after you've hit rock bottom, you've done all these things to make yourself happy, and you're not happy at all. Because you're not going the way you're supposed to go. It's like driving to California in reverse. The car's not supposed to do that. I can hardly park, pull up my driveway in reverse. But imagine driving to California in reverse. Yeah, that's because the car wasn't made to drive in reverse. It was made to drive in forward. And finally, people start realizing, you know, I'm not happy with the life I'm living. What is wrong with my life? I got this money. I got this success. I got all these friends. I got all this stuff. And I'm still not happy. Because you're not doing the, you're not doing life this way. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to live for the Lord. You're supposed to glorify God with your life. You're supposed to honor Him and tell others about how they can know Christ is their Savior as well. That's what we're designed for. When you realize that this is not doing it for me, then they finally turn to Christ. Maybe it happened in your life. Maybe you've tried other things before and they, they just didn't work. And you know that you, I need. There's something more. Okay. The song by U2, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. That's uh, Bono. Bono's a real strong Christian. And he, and he realized that I needed to ha I have Christ in my life. Okay? So the first thing is God's love can transform your life. Number two, God's, number, uh, God's unconditional love um, helps me accept God's forgiveness 
and to learn to forgive myself and to see my potential and to learn others as well. You know what? The, before you can love others, you've got to learn to love yourself. Before you can love others, you've got to learn to love yourself. God loves you, and God wants you to love yourself, not as not like, like a narcissist, I'm the greatest thing, I'm a God, or something like that. No, I'm not talking about just accepting who you are. Realize that God can use you just like you are. You don't have to be a great preacher, like Billy Graham or something like that. Or, you know, you don't, you don't have to be uh, all knowledgeable. You don't have to be a brainiac. Just, just use your simple things that God's given you to help other people. Like, like Chuck giving us these, these wonderful stocking caps for people. These are going to be snarfed up so fast this Saturday. And you want to come down, down to Court Street and then Mulberry, there will be a line of 150 or more people there to get things like this. Uh, blankets, coats, gloves, hats, toiletries, food, things like that. Hot chocolate, they have hot, hot chocolate and uh, some treats there too. Um, people really appreciate it. And they really do. They really appreciate it. They thank us for coming to help them out, you know. Okay, number three, the power of God's love. God's unconditional love can help me to reach out to others, to serve them, to share my testimony, how Christ has changed my life. That's what God's love can do. Even if you're shy. I, I went to a, 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 a witnessing thing at Willow Creek a long, long time ago. And I'm trying to think of the name of it. I can't think of it right now, but it's sharing your faith, and he said, you know the best witnesses are introverts, not extroverts. Extroverts can be a little overbearing and kind of, you know, kind of like, hold back off, man, back off. But the introverts are some of the best people to sharing their faith because they just share it in a real casual way and in a very humble way. And people come to know Christ through the, the people that are just sharing their faith, sharing your story. This is what God has done for me. I want to share with you what God has done for me. Is there anything that you have in your life? I'm not going to, don't ask, I'm just as a rhetorical question. But is there anything in your life that you like it so much that you help other people get it too? Now for me, I'm kind of weird about this. If I get a cold or the flu, I take, ther I take Theraflu. Those kind of, you put in water, you know, and I tell everybody about it, you know. Because it works for me, but it might not work for them, you know. It, you know, there are certain things in my life that I like and I'll pass it on to somebody else. But there's nothing more important than my relationship with Christ telling them that if you want to know, if you want to have a life full of peace and joy and forgiveness, then you give your life to Jesus Christ. It'll change you completely. Clyde? Is that the more you give it out to people, the more God will multiply it in. You, you can't all love God. Well, you, that, that's true, because think about it. The more you love other people, the more you show love to other people, Guess what? In many cases, they're going to they're going to show it back. They're going to appreciate it. They might even help you, like by painting your salon, because they like you. You know, you didn't have to ask; they just did it because they like you, Katie. You're a likable person. You're a loving person, and so they decided to help you out. Well, that's because you gave something to them in the past, and now they're giving something in reciprocation to you now. Okay. Um, then the last thing is this. God's unconditional love, this is really important, listen to this. God's unconditional love gives us hope because God's 
love for us is not tied to performance. It's not tied to performance. It's not the, the how many good things you do or how great you are or how holy you are. It's not tied to that at all. What is it tied to? It's our relationship from a father to a son or a daughter. I don't love my kids because they're great at what they do. I love them because they're my kids. Period. Period. End of sentence. You don't have to perform for me. You don't have to show me anything at all. I just love you because you're you. I love you guys as well that way too. You're part of my family as well. That's how I feel about you. You know, you love not because someone performs for you. You love them because you love them because they're your family. You're, it, it's a blessing to have them in your life. My wife, my kids, my grandkids, my friends. I have so many good friends that I can just hang with and just talk to them and just have a relationship with them and go out and do some fun stuff together. I mean, it's, we're blessed. If you, if you have a friend, I've said this many, many times. You've, you've heard this. If you've been in this church very long, you've heard this. I would take one good friend over $5 million any day of the week. I'll say it again. I would take one good friend over $5 million any day of the week. I really would. Money will not make you happy. There's a lot of wealthy people that are very unhappy. It's true. It will not make you happy. It's, it's, it's relationships that make you rich and joyful and blessed. Okay? Um, uh, let me read this to you. Um, there's so many passages I could read. I, I, I've already read The, uh, the Lost Son. I want to read uh, John 15. Uh, um, actually, I'm going I'm to go to, I'm sorry, switching to Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. Paul is, is, is so good here at what he says. Listen to what, what Paul says in Romans 8, starting with verse 28. You know this, verse 28. It says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works all things out for good. doesn't mean everything that happens is good. You have your car breaks down. That's not good, but something good could happen from it. Or you have an accident. Maybe you get hurt. That's not good per se. Or you lose your job or a relationship. But God can still work those things out for good in your life. Okay? Then it goes on to say this. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And for those he predestined, he also called. For those he called, he also justified. For those he justified, he also glorified. In other words, we're going to go to heaven. Listen to this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, it doesn't matter who goes against you. If God is for you, and God is for you, it doesn't matter who goes against you. Okay? He says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also, not along with him, graciously give you all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No. In Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who is raised to life, is at the right hand of God. and is, He's interceding in prayer for you. Who shall... Separated from the love of Christ, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or, or danger of the sword? It is written, for your sake we face death all day long. 
we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, listen to this, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future or any power, neither height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you so much. God loves you so much and cares for you so much. Does anybody want to share some a way you know God loves you? Anybody else have a testimony of how you know God loves you? Not yet? Okay. Clyde. Um, when I had my accident, uh, I thought I was going to wipe me out. Uh, uh, instead, God turned that disability into uh, ability for me. Uh, I ended up on disability where I was able to stay home and take care of my wife, probably extend her life several years I agree. I agree. Yeah, we, you, know, you never know what God what God allows in your life for a reason. It's hard to know. Sometimes life God's ways are hard to figure out. But God still loves you and God can still work out his plan in your life. Don? I'm going to say what I was going to say. Okay. Clyde, can, can you give him the mic? Yeah. yeah. into the valley. Right. When we buried my daughter, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. But you know, God was there too. Yeah. And as much as that mountaintop was, and you know how great it was, and how sad and miserable the valley was, I think the important part is the part in between that God loves us. It's the daily things we don't even think about. It's the little things that you don't realize that he does for you every day. Every day that you're alive, you should thank him that he cares for you and he loves you. And no matter how much you screw it up, he's there to forgive you and he's there to want you to come and do what he has called you to do. And he'll forgive you. That's and he true. loves you. And that's the kind of love. Not the mountaintop, not the valleys. They're, they're, they're good. But it's the daily life you live. That's where God really, really shows his love. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That is so good, Don. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, the everyday life. I got to tell you what. I, like the, I love going on vacation this week, but I love coming home. I love sleeping in our own bed. You know, and, and uh, getting back to the, our normal life again, too. Uh, we, we are blessed. We're so blessed. We, we need to thank God every day, every little thing. Just thank the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you for that I'm breathing. Today is a new gift, right? Today is uh, the present. 
the present from you is a new day to live for you and, uh, and to just accept the blessings you give, you know, and, and the things that he allows you to do in life. We're, we're privileged. We really are. And to, be, and to know that you know, I believe in eternal security. Let me explain. I believe that when you receive Christ in your heart, you also receive the Holy Spirit at the same time. It says that in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And he seals you for salvation for the rest of your life. Just like when you have a child, they're your child for your whole life. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. But they're still your, you're still your family for the rest of your life. And that's the way I think we're part of God's eternal family. And, and you're part of God. And there's something about knowing that you're in God's family that gives you a sense of peace that passes all understanding, as Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 7 and 8. The peace that passes all understanding is knowing that you're loved by God. You're loved by God. You're in the family. You're going to be with God forever in heaven with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But also on this earth we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and give us direction. You ever have a day when you're gonna, you can do something and God says, don't do it? You ever had a time when God just lets you know, don't go there? You don't even know why? But God just says that's not a good place to go. Or he might say, go, I had a, a friend of mine, Don, Don Davis. I was praying last night, or dreaming last night, and I, I thought about Don's wife, Donna, that, that died last year. And I thought the dream was about Donna. And then I realized, wait a minute, Donna died. I went, went to her funeral last August, I think it was, or maybe September. But it, I think, oh, it's about Don. This is about Don Davis, my friend. He's like my uncle. He's not doing well right now. His daughter, Carrie, is just working overtime trying to take care of her dad. Pray for Carrie. But we're going to try to see Don today because I think that was a call from God that when you have a, a dream, it's a reason to have a dream. I really think, I think the dream would say, go visit Don Davis today. God talks to you through dreams. We don't always understand them, but I think that's what God was saying is through that dream is that I should go see Don. Diana should go see Don. So, I mean, listen to God. God will talk to you in, in ways you can't even understand. Maybe not a voice. I've, had, I've, had, I've heard God's voice. Not very often, but more, more often it's just like a, like a sense, like a prayer or a, or a dream or um, call this person. They need to talk to you right now. Listen to God. He loves you. You're his secret agent. I, lo I love this story about this little old, little old lady that worked at a, at a place, and they asked her what she did for a living. And uh, she said, I am a secretary, but I am... I'm cleverly disguised. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I said it, I messed that up. She said, I'm a secret agent for Jesus Christ, cleverly disguised as a secretary. I love that. I'm a secret agent for Jesus Christ, cleverly disguised as a secretary. God wants to use you. Listen to him. Ask him, Lord, what, you want, what do you want me to do today? Who should I talk to today? God has a plan for your life every day, not just for eternity, but for every day. So I hope you on Facebook today appreciated something that was said today about God's amazing love. And I, if you've never given your life to Christ, I want to urge you today to pray to receive Christ into your life and say, Lord Jesus, I, I need you to be my Savior. I'm a sinner, and I want to be saved by grace. 
And Jesus, I want to ask you into my life right now. And I want to live my life now to please you and honor you for all the rest of my life as a 